Hey, really quick before we get into this episode, if you're hearing this intro, it means that my new podcast with my friend Veronica called Socially Unfiltered has officially launched and we would love for you to join us over there. I wanted to make sure I put this intro before all of the previous episodes of the Social Media Survival Guide podcast because just so much has changed since these episodes were published, but the content in these episodes still holds a very special place in my heart. So you may hear some links or some Instagram handles that I'm no longer using being mentioned in these episodes. So I just wanted to give you one place where you knew you could find everything. If you want to keep up with me, Lex, on Instagram, my Instagram handle is at justlexpage, J-U-S-T-L-E-X-P-A-I-G-E. And that's where you can find all of my social media content. It's where you can find all of the different ways we can work together and all of the resources I have to help you survive social media. And like I said, some links may be outdated. So if you're interested in any of my guides, any of my templates, or any of my resources for helping you survive social media, you can find everything at stan.store slash page, and I'll link everything in this description. But come join us over on the new podcast. Again, it's called Socially Unfiltered. You can find us on Instagram at sociallyunfilteredpod. You can find the podcast where wherever you listen to podcasts. And again, I'll link everything in this episode description. Whether this is your first time listening to the Social Media Survival Guide or your millionth re-listen, thank you for being here. But I'm so excited to start this new journey with you. So please come hang out with us over on Socially Unfiltered. We would love to have you. But for now, I'll let you get into the episode that you were trying to listen to. And hopefully I'll see you over there. Enjoy. Welcome to the Social Media Survival Guide, a paid media co-podcast all about surviving social media. We'll go on deep dives into what goes on behind the scenes in this industry, interviews with some of the most badass business owners sharing their own experiences, and we'll learn all about the tools and resources you need to survive social media. I'm your host, Lex, and I'm just surviving social media one day at a time. Let's get into it. Hi. Hello. How are you? I am good. <laughs> I'm good. Things are wild on the back end per usual. At the time of hearing this, I guess I will have officially announced that I am moving all of the templates from inside of the Social Media Manager's Survival Guide onto its own product suite. So like my branding questionnaire, client onboarding questionnaire, brand kits, Instagram mockups, like anything that is a template that is included in the Social Media Survival Guide, you can now purchase individually. Before, the only place you could get it was inside of the guide, but as of today, I have said it. There's no date yet. <laughs> if you want to stay updated on that for now, I will still be posting everything on at Page Media Co. on both Instagram and TikTok. You can also follow at the Social Media Survival Guide because there will eventually be... <laughs> and I emphasis eventually be more organization over there and it's all things podcast related and the social media survival guide related but just at page media co has everything right now so let's keep up over there okay what's relevant this week I guess let's check in about the Instagram feeds I don't think I've talked about it on this podcast since it rolled out have you implemented the favorites or the following tabs so Instagram rolled out again these different feeds that you can choose from you can do your following feed which just adds in you know you handpick the people that you want to have on your favorites feed you can do chronological so it'll just show you in the order that things are you know actively being posted or you can just stick with the traditional you know Instagram algorithm and it shows you what it shows you when I use Instagram I just kind of roll with whatever they give me the people that I want to see I seek out on the reg just to make sure I'm like caught up with them like I try not to heavily rely on Instagram to show me what I want it to show me. I don't really rely on the algorithm to show me anything, but again, personally, I just kind of roll with 
you know, whatever Instagram shows me, it shows me. I don't really do the favorites or anything. The favorites really gives me like MySpace top eight vibes and I don't, don't like that. But what else? I don't really think there's been any like crazy announcements in the last week, which is I'm knocking on wood right now. I have been noticing that reels are getting a little, and again, I emphasize a small amount, um, getting better at not being the worst. <laughs> Like they don't glitch out on me as much as they used to. The covers are getting better. So like there's this like wide spread issue that was happening. Like I know it was happening to me. I know quite a few other people that it was happening to where it wouldn't save the cover of a reel. Like if you set the cover, it would sometimes stay there and sometimes not. Like I found more often than not, it was changing and I was catching it before I was posting it. Like it would, it would change. I don't know. It was so weird. Like it would change, but you wouldn't be shown the change. It was so wild, but I've kind of noticed that that's been getting better. I believe. I don't even know of anything that's like happening in the social media world within the last week. I honestly have been in such a work mode. <laughs> last weekend I went and got my chakras aligned and did a ton of like at-home therapy tools and I literally worked for like 18 hours straight, <laughs> which I'm not condoning. It was a once in a blue moon thing, but I was having like PTSD flashbacks of when I worked in food and bev and I was the whole time just thinking to myself like I used to literally do double shifts, I don't know, two, three days a week where I was working like 18 hours and then had like four days off like it wasn't the worst setup but I like dreaded going into those shifts like I hated every single second of it especially towards the end towards the end of my food and bev career I was a horrible employee and I'm so sorry to the people who were my managers at that time but I promise I am a changed person okay let's talk about the episode so today we are talking to Nicole of Nicole Lauren Media so Nicole is a freelance Instagram and Pinterest marketer and coach. She specializes in Instagram marketing in the Philadelphia location and also in Pinterest marketing for e-commerce brands and bloggers. Nicole also coaches new and aspiring social media managers who want to build, grow, and sustain a successful business in this field. Nicole is the sweetest soul. I don't want to speak for her, but like I had a great time. <laughs> I definitely want her to come back for a part two. She and I talked mostly everything Pinterest and Pinterest is something that about two years ago I lost track of. Like I, I know the importance of it and I understand how it works. It's like jumping to Instagram for the first time and never having been on there before. Like I'm sure somebody would be like, oh my god, where do I even start? And that's how I feel about Pinterest. But she clearly knows what she's talking about. She is so good at what she does. Her Instagram and TikTok handles are both at Nicole Lauren Media. Her website is NicoleLaurenMedia.com. And then she actually has two courses. The one for social media managers is called Zero to SMM. And there is one for Pinterest specifically that is called Pinning for Biz. As always, all of the links for Nicole and all of her kick-ass offers will be in the show notes and also on Instagram. So I hope you enjoy it as much as I did. And if you, again, are listening to this on the day that it comes out, I'm about to record the intro for the second episode that's coming out today. So I'll talk to you again in a minute. Okay, enjoy. 
Hi, I am here with Nicole of Nicole Lauren Media. She is a freelance social media manager specializing in Instagram marketing for Philadelphia and local businesses. She also does Pinterest marketing for e-commerce brands and bloggers. She also coaches, you have so much going on. She also coaches oh, wow. new and aspiring social media managers who are looking to build, grow, and sustain a successful business in the field. So I'm pumped that you're here. I'm pumped to talk to you, but I'm going to let you introduce yourself. Yes. Oh my God. Thank you for having me. I feel like me and you have been back and forth for a little bit. So this is so exciting. And I was just, I was telling you earlier that this is my first ever podcast. So that's super exciting. So um, crazy. I know. I know. I'm so happy we're doing this. We got our wine. I but yeah, <laughs> basically you kind of nailed it. I'm an Instagram and Pinterest marketer. I do this freelance I've been doing it for about two years now. And yeah, and then recently, about a year ago, I started being a coach. I was doing one-on-one -on -one coaching. And now I have a few courses out where I teach people how to become a social media manager, how to sustain it. And then recently, I just did my Pinning for Biz course, which teaches people Pinterest marketing. So a lot going on. I was doing a whole <laughs> bunch of other things. But right now, that is what I'm focused on. And yeah. I love that. Well, thank you for being here. Thank you for your time yeah, for being here. And yes, we have our wine we're ready to talk I'm excited to talk to you about Pinterest specifically because I mm. stopped keeping track of Pinterest like two years ago and I feel like they've added so many features since then and lot, so many yeah. things so yeah for yeah. sure so we will dive into Pinterest in a second but I want to know more about what was your first experience or like exposure to the social media management world I also want to preface that with I'm not somebody who believes you have to go to college for this yeah it's just always <laughs> yeah. funny to me to see yeah. where end up how they so, start yeah yeah for sure so I mine's kind of a funny story so I basically my whole life I'd always worked with kids and I was one of those people growing up, like everyone that knows me, I would always say like, so we all just like pick a job that we're just okay with. And then we just work that until we retire and die. Like I never understood the concept, not, not bashing nine to fives, not bashing anyone that like works like that. It just never felt right to me. And I never knew what I wanted to do. And I always was really good with kids. So that's kind of just what I went for. I was like, this is like what I'm best at. I enjoy working with kids. So I worked in camps and then I went to Penn State for my major was human development and family studies, which is like a really niche major. But basically I thought that I wanted to either be a child life specialist or a school counselor, a teacher, something working with kids in like that area. So I graduated school. I was working in a kindergarten as a teacher assistant and like was about to go back to school to become a teacher. And I liked, again, working with kids, but it wasn't like, I woke up every day, like, I know I'm meant to do something else, but I just never figured it out. And I was like, I just went to school for all this. You know, my amazing parents just paid for me to go to school for this. Long story short, because I could keep going, is the pandemic hit. I'm a pandemic business baby. Um, Love that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So many of us. And I had always loved social media. So like, the content aesthetics of social media always came really, really naturally to me. Pictures, videos, like my friends, family, they would always come to me and I would do their content for them on my personal page. So that's- I want to out there know. not to interrupt you, but you have like a beautiful feed. <laughs> so anybody oh, listening to this, if you haven't seen Nicole's feed, go look at it and I'll link all of your handles and your courses and everything. So everybody will find it. But truly you are like very, very talented at it. It's awesome. So oh, I'm happy oh you gosh, stumbled your you. way into this field. Um, 
it's funny you say that too, because I mean, I'm sure we'll get into this later, but the way my feed looked when I started was atrocious. Oh my God, uh, same. But I mean, that's a different topic, but yeah. So that always just has always come naturally to me and loved it. And my boyfriend, his sister and her fiance at the time, now husband, they're both entrepreneurs. She's a freelance artist. He does freelance marketing and all types of stuff. And they, I was over at their house and they were like, what are you doing? Cause I was only a part-time teacher assistant and I, you can't like part-time teach kindergarten on zoom. So I really wasn't working. And they were like, you should, and they always said to me, you should really do something in social media. And I was like, in social media, I'd never, at that point, I had never heard of any job in social media. I was like, what are you talking about? And his sister was like, you know, I, I just recently took a Pinterest course. Like, do you know anything about Pinterest? I'm like, no, like besides like aesthetic stuff, I don't know. So she was like, just look into it. Like you can totally like do people's social media. So then went home and literally that night I went on YouTube and I was like, social media, like job. And <laughs> the first video that popped up, I'm going to have to like look back and find who this girl was and Make video sure. this was because she was like how I started my social media agency. And like three minutes in, I closed my laptop. I texted my boyfriend, holy shit, I'm being a social media manager. This is it. Like I had an out of body experience, not to be like dramatic, an epiphany. It, yeah, it, real though. When it clicks, it's like, like life changing. And I was like, I've never heard of this before. How have I never heard of this before? So that's how I stumbled across it. And then from literally that day forward, I stayed up that entire night. I went to Target the next day, bought a notebook, made up all these names. And then two years later, here we are. Oh my gosh. It just, everything was right place. It the right time. Was your first exposure to it more Pinterest or was it more Instagram? Like, tell me more about how you do Cause I feel like you do a lot more Pinterest now than Instagram. Yeah. So yeah, tell sure. me how you ended up in that category. Cause I see so many people doing it and there's so few people that I'm like, I, I don't know if I can trust you with this, but I love you. So <laughs> tell me everything. So going off. So like his sister, who's a freelance artist, she was telling me, you know, like you should really look into Pinterest. Like not a lot of people are doing it. It's growing, whatever. So she, like, once I started looking into it and then I talked to her again, after I like got that notebook and I was like, all right, this is what I'm doing. I got together with them again. And I was like, all right, I'm, I'm doing it. Like, where do I start? Like you guys are entrepreneurs. What do I do? And they both were like, well, first her name's Gia. She was like, you can do my Pinterest. Like I'm going to say, it was, it wasn't really a course. It was like a PDF guide kind of, of just the basics of Pinterest and what to know. And again, this was two years ago, so it was very different than it is now, but she sent it to me and she was like, go over it. Like, here's some cool podcasts, like YouTube, whatever. And she was like, and you can like play around on my Pinterest and for obviously, you know, for free. And she was like, and just like get a feel for it. Cause she's like, I don't have time to do it anymore. And she already had a decent follow. So she was my first ever, like running someone's account from that perspective. And instantly, like, I don't know if like I was meant to do Pinterest or what, but it came pretty naturally. And I got her to like over a million monthly views pretty quickly. Awesome. Yeah. And I, so I, I had already started my Instagram account at the time when I started my business. I said that my name was Aesthetic, which is like a play off of aesthetics. That's um, so cute. I know. I know. I might circle that. back in later on in life, but so it was Aesthetic and I created an Instagram account and I was so embarrassing. I was telling people like, I'm an agency. I was saying we, like it was literally me in my bedroom. I don't know, but I was like, here's what we're doing. Here's what we're working on today. And I was showing like 
off the bat behind the scenes of like what I was doing on Gia's account, like from the get-go. Who's going to trust me? I have no background in this. Like I need to show people like what I'm doing. And as I was learning, I was teaching other people. So I was really like on Instagram from the get-go, like all day, every day. And that eventually led to somebody else, a travel blogger reaching out to me saying, Hey, like I'm interested in Pinterest. Can we do like a free trial? And at that point I was like, yeah, let's like, this is so exciting. So then I started doing hers for a little. And then that was kind of my first exposure to Pinterest. And then my first exposure to Instagram was through word of mouth. So I didn't understand Instagram marketing. I wasn't confident like, okay, I can run someone's account and take money from people doing this. I'm not ready right. for it. So since I knew I was really good at aesthetics and making feeds look pretty, creating really nice content, I was offering content creation. That was my first like Instagram type of service. And I had somebody reach out to me, kind of like a wellness blogger, influencer on Instagram that's like in Australia. She reached out to me and she was that's like, crazy. hey, could you just create my like graphics each week and plan my feed? So that was like how I started getting into Instagram. Then I did it for a restaurant with someone I knew. And yeah, that was my like first exposure to both of those things. But yeah, right now, Pinterest is what I'm mostly doing. And yeah, it's my whole life. It consumes my everyday, but I love it. Yes, story of my life. So I have so many things that I want to ask you based off of yeah. what you said. I literally am over yeah. here like scribbling down questions that oh. I want to remember to ask. So the first thing is that I just want to say like, you showing and I, I wasn't around for this time like I wish I was yeah. but you obviously starting and immediately showing your work and showing your proof that had to have been huge for you not only for people who are looking like others who want to step into the position that you're in but also businesses and brands and people seeing that you're actively working hands-on with somebody so I'm sure that really helped kind of you know accelerate the beginning oh my god like crazy and that's something that I that is like my biggest stressor when I talk to anyone in any of my coachings I'm like the number one thing that you need to be doing right now and every day even on days you don't feel like it and it takes like two seconds to even just on your story post a picture of your screen and say here's what I'm doing People love seeing what goes behind things and like it shows your personality. And then people, again, like when pe- a lot of people still to this day, when they hear social media management, they're like, what the heck do you even do? Like, do you just post, yeah. do you do this? So it also educates like potential clients and yeah, mm-hmm. posting behind the scenes is like key. Yeah, I know. I, I love posting behind the scenes and over the last like six months, I've become very, I haven't used my personal Instagram account about a year. Like anybody yeah. who... I have wanted to keep in touch with has come with me to this business account. Uh, so I've yeah. really kind of like stepped into this place where I share a lot of behind the scenes more. So I'll show what I'm watching on Netflix. Like I'll show yeah. like, you know, where I'm out to eat, like things like that. Whereas, you know, a year ago, even I was like, that's not business related. Like that can't go up mm-hmm. there. So yeah. I've always been open to showing like behind the scenes of my work and stuff, but more so like behind the scenes of my life has been really cool to kind of bring into that. The other thing that I really want to say, I stress to people, if it's just you take pride in that, like take pride in the fact that it's just you don't be on your website, writing this copy. That's like we at this agency, when again, it's literally just you you in your bedroom (laughs) and it's fine. Like you don't have to be like, it's just me working alone, like in my bedroom, but 
to say it's such it puts such a different like emphasis on it when you say we as opposed to I a lot of bigger brands speak that way and it makes sense Mm -hmm. and I think that's why so many people are like I have to speak that way yeah and like now I mean now that I've been doing it like there's a big difference from a social media agency versus like a freelancer and it's just nothing wrong with either one but obviously when I started I was so clueless. And I thought that that was going to attract people to me. I did things wrong for months when I first started, not so much wrong, but just like really innocent mistakes, just because I didn't know what I was doing, which has, you know, helped me grow to where I am now. But yeah, when I started, I was like, this is how people are going to want to work with me. They think I'm in an agency. And then I learned very quickly, like that's not attracting anyone at all. Or it's like, people will start talking and they're like, well, I don't really know who I'm talking to. Like, so that kind of brings up another question. So it is just you right now, right? Like it's just you. So is your like long-term or even short-term goal to turn into more of an agency and like have employees under you? hundred percent. Yeah. And honestly, the only reason that I haven't taken that next step is because a couple months ago I released pinning for biz, my Pinterest course and up like up until that launch date, I have been so consumed with courses and coaching Mm. and new clients and didn't really have the time. And for the past couple months, I finally have been able to like sit down and do it right. Like I want to make sure that I do that completely right. I've never had an employee. I've never, I don't know what goes into that. So I am taking my sweet time, but that is totally, totally on the horizon. I have so many plans and it's definitely something exciting, but I've really enjoyed just being by myself and it's been amazing, but yeah, I think I'm ready for that that next Mm -hmm. level. Yeah. I was a group fitness instructor for a while. And by the time that I had left that corporation, I was what's called a head coach, meaning that I was like the top of the pyramid of coaches. And I was in charge of all the other coaches underneath Mm -hmm. me. And being Mm -hmm. in that position made me realize that I don't think I want employees. I don't think I ever Mm -hmm. want to grow to this agency level. I'm okay with just, it's very interesting. Like I just am not, I don't want to say I'm not a confrontational person but in that regard like when it's somebody's job on the line I just get like so weird like it's like yeah. how I'm scared to tell the nail people when I don't like what oh, they're doing I'll walk out there with my nails <laughs> busted and not say okay. yeah same yeah. and it's that's, that's like my yeah. toxic trait but I just knew that I was never you know meant to be in a position where I had a bunch of employees because I can't outsource Mm -hmm. for content. It stresses me out. I have such bad control Mm -hmm. issues. And that's why I'm like, I want to be able to work a one-on-one firsthand with my clients and have somebody help with more of like the backend stuff. So I'm super intrigued and interested and along for your ride of seeing how your agency kind of comes to life. And I'm sure you will find the most amazing employees. I'm sending you fingers crossed. So can you, in a very, very basic overview, tell me some of the buzzwords of Pinterest and what's currently relevant. I've heard of story pins. I've heard of idea pins and I'm like, they all sound really cool, but I have no idea what any of them are. So any like, yeah, like I have no idea. So I would love to hear from you. Like if somebody's like, what's the benefit for Pinterest in my business, what your response is or how you would use it. Yeah. So as simply as I can put it, because when you really break it down, it really is I like when people hear Pinterest marketing, it's really scary because it's so different. I mean, it's mm-hmm. not first thing first. It's not a social media platform. It is a visual search engine. It is used now. They're starting to get a lot in touch with creators and trying to make it more of a creator platform. But in the most basic way that I can put it, 
Again, it's a visual search engine. So it's basically Google, but with pictures. And the whole purpose of Pinterest is to drive traffic to your business's website, blog, other socials. You can now shop on Pinterest. So if you're trying to drive sales, you can do that through Pinterest. It's a way to directly target your exact audience, like as detailed as you can get to your external. So going off of that, what is a pin? A pin is when you think Google, you type in like women's dresses, whatever. And when you click on that link, it brings you to that website for women's dresses. That is what a pin is, but there's a image or a video or a graphic that is showing you like that's where it's going to take you. And I'm sure most people listening to this have used Pinterest in a way like- I was going to say, I use Pinterest all the time. Like I love Pinterest. It's just like the back end stuff of it is such a foreign concept to me. Like I would have- no clue where to even start. So when you take on a client for Pinterest management or marketing, where do you start? Like what's, you know, how do you start to develop it? What goes into these strategies? What makes it different? Tell me where you start with everything. What's like the first few steps? So it's not a few steps. It's like 800 steps. The (laughs) first, like, like literally, I'm not kidding. I could talk for a week straight, but to really like simplify it. Cause so the way that I look at Pinterest in a marketing standpoint and on my clients' accounts is that when their target audience comes to their Pinterest page, they need to see where they're going to be brought to, like who their brand is, all of their folders. So like for anyone listening that is that knows Pinterest and you save stuff to your boards, those are basically just folders, ways to categorize your inspiration, ideas, things you want to come back to. From a marketing standpoint, from a business standpoint, your boards or folders, they need to include 90% of your brand's content, whether it's your products, whether it's your blog posts, whether it's your Instagram posts that you're repurposing, whatever it may be, 90% of it today, Pinterest has changed a lot. In this way, it used to be like you would go onto a business's page and it's like travel inspo and food inspo and it had nothing to do with that brand. That's how it used to be. But now you really want it to be a place where your target audience goes and can directly find what they're looking for from you. So for instance, I have a food blogger client and each of her boards, it's, I look at their website. So on her website, she has breakfast, gluten-free, vegan, like all those different sectors of like food blogging. Each of her boards are completely targeted to just that part of her website, that part of her blog. And then, so say her vegan board in that board, I then Again, I look at their website. It's basically like how you navigate a website. I like to look at it. So when you click on vegan on her website, you then see vegan breakfast, vegan desserts, vegan this, 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 and that. So in each board, I have more categories where you can find the block or the pins for vegan desserts, vegan this, you know, whatever, and you do it that way. So that's the first thing is always just organizing it and making it a very seamless process for the user. What's next? I'm going to break it down even more. So the first (laughs) is that whole organization. The next is target audience research. Find, okay, where is my target audience on Pinterest? Who are my competitors? What are they posting? What is being searched? That's keyword research. That's a whole other topic, but That's the next step is to figure out like, what are people in, what is my target audience looking for? 
What do I need to be posting? What keywords do I need to be using? Um, and what does and then, that research look like for, like, what does that research look like on your end? Like, where are you looking for these keywords? So the really cool thing with the Pinterest business account, are there a lot of resources within the business account that you keyword research? So Instagram. it's, I know Pinterest has like a whole business, like page where it directly tells you like what you should be posting. Like it's what awesome. it wants. Wow. That sounds like something I should maybe get into for this year. Yeah. So there's Pinterest trends it's called, and that's a tool that just, if you have a business account, you have access to, and it'll show you in each niche on Pinterest, what is being looked up the most right That's now. Awesome. And this changes daily, weekly, monthly. So I go there first and I look at, okay, what is trending in this niche? I make a note of it. And then I know to make content around that. I also look at audience insights. So Especially this takes a little bit when you're starting an account from scratch because Pinterest is still gathering like who your audience is and you know, you want to make sure that you are bringing in the right audience, but for accounts that already have a bit of a following to them under the audience insights, it will show you your audience and under your category, what keywords they are directly looking up the most whether it's like, again, just referring back to that food blogger client, like whether it's dinner or breakfast or dairy-free, I always keep check on that to make sure like, okay, what are they looking up the most? And then also very similar to Google in the search bar of Pinterest. So for instance, when you go on Google and you start typing in a few words and all those suggestions come up, all of those, all of those suggestions that are coming up are keywords that are most like that are the most popularly right. looked next to those words. That is your key indicator. All of those things that popped up underneath, that's what people are looking up. Take note of it, add those keywords into your titles, into your descriptions. Because again, since it is a search engine, when you create every pin, your goal is to tell Pinterest, this is what this link is about. This is what the content is about. This is who I want it to go to. And if you do it correctly, and if you're looking at what other people are looking up, what keywords are trending and you're adding them in, Pinterest will put it in front of your direct audience every time, but you have to make sure that you're using the right keywords to get them in front of your audience. So how often are you going in like updating their keywords? Like, are you doing this like weekly? So when I first start with a client, my like onboarding process is more extensive than it is with Instagram because I make sure I go in and I do extensive keyword research and I have on my Google sheets under their mm -hmm. Google drive folder. I do a whole bunch of keyword research. There's an ABC method, which I won't get too detailed in because it could take me forever. But basically like in your niche, if you go onto Pinterest and you type in, so for instance, again, gluten-free and then space A, the letter A, see all the searches that come up with whatever word with A, gotcha. write them down, B, C, D, E. And I'll like, this is extensive research. And again, I feel like I do that for like regular Google searches, right. looking for something and I do that. Yeah. Right. So that's exactly like what it is. And of course it takes time. So I, I do a lot of that at the very beginning when I start working with them. And then, so the way that I structure my weeks is that each day of the week is devoted to a different client in terms of like creating their content and scheduling it out. Oh my gosh, that's um, what so I do too. And I feel like 
that's not very common. A lot of people don't I do that. Used, no. I used to do it where I would do creation for every client on the same day right. and then captions for every client on the same day. And then uh, like I took each step of yeah, my yeah. Instagram management, like stories would all be up one day. And then like I found myself mm-hmm. exhausting myself by switching between the brands like voices mm-hmm. and like even just their assets and like different links I had to have open. Like it was a lot. And I would mm-hmm. say I probably started doing this method of like this day is for this client maybe like three or four months ago and it's truly life-changing because I feel like not a lot of people do that and it's yeah. I feel like a, like life hack almost I'm like what people need to do whole, this it's just like devoted that to that zone with that client and then every other day yeah you will post to you know you'll do their daily management yeah. but right having a day for their content scheduling it is crucial but yeah. I do a lot so like each week when I'm creating and scheduling for the next week, the only things I really do in terms of the keyword research are checking the trends because again, they change. Gotcha. And then if there's any, like if she has something new on, cause like I've been working with this one client for like a year now. So if she has something new on her blog that we haven't really done before, and I don't know a lot of keywords for that, then I'll go in and do it. But Usually at the end of the month, when I put together the analytic report and see what did well, what didn't do well, that's when I'll reassess the keywords that we're using and look up more and do all that. So when you take a Pinterest client, what type of requirements do you have for the content that they already have? Like, do you require them to be like product-based so that you have Mm -hmm. listings to go back to, or do you require them to like be, you know, consistent posting, consistently posting blogs, like What does that look like? Because I feel like it would be really easy to run out of things if somebody didn't, you know, uphold their Mm -hmm. side of it. Yeah. So when I first started with Pinterest, I didn't have any guidelines for anything. (laughs) I took on whoever I was like, let's go. Yeah. And which, you know, looking back, I'm like cringing, but at the same time, I'm glad that I did it. So yeah. So now Because I've worked with clients before that have an e-commerce shop. I've also worked with some bloggers who would post like a new product maybe once a week or they haven't touched it in forever or a new blog post every couple weeks, like not consistent content. And the thing with Pinterest that like is super important is that you need to be posting consistently like multiple pins every single day. And, and so I know that so much. Yeah. That's like the mm-hmm. one thing that I know about Pinterest. I'm like, yes, everybody talks about like being consistent posting on like Instagram and TikTok. But the only thing I know about Pinterest is that like you have to be consistent with it and it has to be multiple going out in the same day. Yeah. And that doesn't mean like it has to link to a different link every single time gotcha. or it needs to be a brand new piece of content. So like the cool thing with Pinterest and really Google SEO in general is that you can can have like a thousand pins all linking to the exact mm-hmm. same link, but they need to have different graphics or some right. different wording, different keywords, just so like you're not keep pushing out the same piece of content and it's not getting you anywhere. A lot of Pinterest is a lot of trial and error and figuring out what works. And one leads to one link might get you a thousand outbound clicks a month, right? And the other to the same link won't and it may have just been a design difference whatever so my when I have potential clients come to me 
I now will only move forward with clients who are very, very active on their blog or a e-commerce brand that has is pumping new con or new product that has a ton of Instagram content to work with. Because cool thing with Pinterest is that you can repurpose a lot of your other socials content on there and have it linked to your website instead of the socials, whatever. So yeah, and I let them know because like I do have one client now who they're not pumping out product as quickly. And so I've come in and I'm like, the only way we're going to keep seeing these numbers go up is that you either need to get new product in, or you need to pump up the content that you're posting, like having people styling your pieces, this or that. Yeah. So now I've offered like, I will take your jewelry pictures. Let's do it. Like, let's get right. more content. That's huge. And uh, I have a lot of people that reach out to me and they're like, I've started working with someone, but they only post like one blog post a month. And you can only, how many graphics can you make for one blog? You know, like, yeah, there's probably an right. unlimited number, but Realistically. it's going to be a lot harder to get results that you're looking for when you're not posting new, fresh content. That's what well, and it's like if that one blog post that they continuously are linking back to, like not to put anybody or their content down, but like if it's not a good blog post, you're probably not right. going to see a ton of return right. from that. So when it comes to Pinterest, like I said, kind of in the beginning, we might not have even been recording yet, but I feel like there's a lot of buzzwords. So like, what is the big oh. difference between a story pin, an idea pin? What, what are those? Yeah. Very bland statements. Yeah. You don't have to go yeah. too into detail. With it. I won't, I won't. I'll make this, I'll make this one real quick and easy. No, um, I love all of the details. Keep going into detail. I'm just like, don't feel like you have to explain yeah. every little yeah, thing. I respect your time. Yeah. Yeah. So it used to be called story pins and they're now transitioning to idea pins. So if you hear story pin, idea pin, they're the exact same thing. They're just called oh, idea pins now. See, I thought they yeah. were two different things. Okay. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Yeah. So, so like I mentioned before, a pin, it brings you to an external link. You're trying to bring outbound clicks, traffic to wherever you're trying to get your audience to go. An idea pin cannot be clicked on and brought to an external. You, the purpose of an idea pin is not to drive traffic, but it's to build value, to give value mm -hmm. to your audience, to give them more inspiration. And it's basically to build a community. So the thing with idea pins is that it's a newer feature and Pinterest is trying to push creators to get onto the platform. So for instance, an influencer, a really good way that they could use an idea pin is, so they have their Pinterest account, they have their boards of here's spring break outfits, here's winter outfits, whatever. A great way for them to use their idea pins is to show how to style something, how gotcha. to transition from night to day in an outfit a lot I like to think of it as like when you think of how to produce educational value over on TikTok or something that's what you want to do an idea pin and if you go onto Pinterest you might not even notice that you're seeing a lot of idea pins but they're a lot longer and it's supposed to be interactive so you want to have it have like multiple slides where they can click through and learn something because the whole point I was gonna Pinterest, say I've landed yeah. on a couple of them and I'm like, mm. I don't know what this is, but it's different. It I'm like, I just yeah. know that this isn't like normal. So anyway, the whole point of that yeah. is like you're saying. Well, so the whole point of Pinterest is like people go there to learn something, to get inspiration, to plan something, to get ideas. Mm -hmm. So when you're creating those idea pins, everyone's like, well, why do I put effort into them if they're not bringing traffic to where I want them to go? One, it's a newer feature. So Pinterest is pushing them out like crazy. Crazy. You get a ton of reach engagements because of that, if you do them correctly. And two, it builds 
community. It builds followers. When you have more followers, you get more engagement. It's a snowball effect. And it's a way to get people to want to stick around on your Pinterest account and see what you're going to show next, what you're going to teach next. So that's the biggest difference is that it's more, you have to look at it from a selfless point of view and just do it for your audience. So on Pinterest, what is considered valuable to the Pinterest algorithm? Like, is it people clicking on links? Is it people saving things to boards? Like, what do you think, or I guess, does Pinterest tell you like kind of what, you know, most influences their algorithm? So you'll see a lot, like the biggest number that you'll always see on every Pinterest account is impressions. And that's like just how many people are actually seeing it when they're scrolling. So what Pinterest really looks for is engagements, just like with every other social media platform, right? They're looking for not just when people click on it, because you can track that, but how many people are saving it and how many people are doing an outbound click, which means are going to that link that it's for. And the more that you get on that, the more it'll show to other people who are searching that similar thing. And then something newer is that they're really prioritizing the number of followers. So that used to not be a huge thing. So the more followers you have, so like when you follow someone on Pinterest, when you log on to Pinterest, the first content that comes up is going to be usually from the person that you follow or the account that you follow. So the more followers you get and most because of that. So if I'm scrolling through Pinterest and I see the person I'm following, I'll usually engage with that content. Your engagements are going to go up. And then again, the snowball happens and they'll show it to more people. So yeah, followers is another big. How do you feel about that change that like followers kind of make a difference? Do you (laughs) notice a difference? You're like, have I not? Honestly, it's, it's not so much that it has changed a lot of the way that I go about things. I guess for me, like the clients that I've been with for some time now all have a bigger following and are a little bit more well-known, I guess you could say. So it's a lot easier. And I like something that I stress to everyone is I post an idea pin every single day. And I have found by far that has led to follower growth, the most monthly view growth, engagement growth. So it really hasn't, it's not that stressful, but the follower count is a lot slower than the impressions, Mm. monthly views, but it will rack up if you're like super consistent with the idea pins, regular pins and all that. Gotcha. Interesting. Like I said, I have no real understanding of the work. It really is. And that's like, Mm -hmm. like every single platform is its own world. But like you said, Pinterest really isn't, you know, necessarily a social media platform. It can be super beneficial to your social media, but yeah. it really just sounds like its own can of worms. Mm-hmm. So it's a, it's a lot of, it's a lot of busy back end work more so than like Instagram and the others. But I feel like it's gotta be probably a lot less. I don't want to say a lot less pressure because obviously you're still, no, it is right. I love you to say it is right. And I, cause I feel like Instagram and TikTok content, which is what I primarily do for clients. It's so forward facing that it's like nerve wracking. Like when I hit yep. post, I'm like, oh, are they going to like this? Are they going right. to, you know, what are they going to, how is this going to perform? Especially with stories. Yeah. Pinterest is like, I do the back end work. I don't talk to a lot of my clients until the end of the month. And I'm like, send me your marketing calendar. What's going on this month? We check in of course, every now and then, but it's really just me plugging away. No, no one knows what I'm doing. They're like, what are you even doing? I'm like, oh, don't worry about it. But yeah, so it our- Yeah. Yeah. So as far as like tracking performance, so like, obviously your clients, you know, continue to work with you for a reason and they feel like they're Mm -hmm. getting value out of it. But is there a way to tell like what traffic is being driven specifically from Pinterest? Like, can they see, you know, an increase in 
sales or visits or anything, obviously they wouldn't continue to work with you if they didn't, but how does that look like those kind of tracking? Yeah. Aspects. So when you have a Pinterest business account, the only way that you can get a business account is if you have a website of some sort. And so you need to add a Pinterest tag, it's called, and it's all through like the coding of your website. You got to add this tag in there. And gotcha. basically once you add that tag, Pinterest will track how many, how much traffic is coming from Pinterest alone. So with all my clients, I have access to that knowledge, like how many users are coming to their, to their site from Pinterest. And then on Pinterest, once you have a business account, you get access to your analytics. And if you are an e-commerce shop and you have been verified by Pinterest and they know it's connected to your catalogs, that's a whole process that's so annoying to get through. <laughs> but once you have it in place, you have access. So for e-commerce, you have your conversion insights. And that will directly show you down to this pin brought you this many outbound clicks. And from those outbound clicks, these people then added to their cart and then checked out. So on just wow, I amazing. Can, it's incredible. So I can see like every, like, I can't like go down to each user, but it shows right. me like this many users went through this process from that pin. So it may have not been the only thing that's tricky is say if they clicked on a pin and it brought them to the page and then they saw something else that they added to their mm. cart. So it's more it difficult to it. say like, like this specific pin, they bought that item from this right. pin, but you can keep track of how much money you brought in, how many people added to their cart, how many people added to their cart and then didn't buy from that pin. Like it's very, very detailed. And then for bloggers, that's more so like, say if they have a WordPress, if you have that Pinterest tag, it shows you how much traffic is being driven. And that's something I track on a weekly and monthly basis. Right. Yeah. I was going to say like, you know, not in the way where I'm like, why do people continue to work with you? Like yeah, more yeah. in the way that like, you know, obviously people are going to continue if they see results, but I didn't know. Cause like I, for example, work with one client right now that I, I don't have access to see, mm -hmm. I have access to their Shopify for different things, but I don't have access to their overall sales. And the gotcha, email platform yeah. that we use will tell me exactly how much came in from each mm -hmm. outbound email that we have okay. sent. And I don't do email. I do it just for this client because it was like a unique situation, but like, that's not normally something, right. but like Instagram, right. when we're tagging products in their shop, it will, you know, if you go to your insights, it'll say like this many people clicked on the product, but it won't tell me anything other than that. And it's always like this weird line where I'm like, is it appropriate for me to like ask my client, like how much revenue they're seeing from social media? But then I'm like, if it wasn't working, they wouldn't keep me on. I'm like, it's just like such a weird line where I'm like, I want to know that this is being, you know, worth it for you, but yeah, just kind of, yeah, I feel like in that instance, you could go about it two ways where like, you could ask them like, Hey, have you been tracking like your conversions? Like, are you seeing from Instagram that this is going up? And also like, I think asking them like, if they could, if they're not comfortable with you, like going in and like having access to all that information, if like, Hey, can we set up like a time each week, each month where you just send me like the analytics? I feel like, cause then that kind of shows that like, you really want to drive these right. numbers up, make sure it works, know? but I know what you mean. It like is a very, like, even when I have access to like, they're very, like these bigger brands, I'm like, this is like, I like they're trusting me with this. I know something that I wanted to go back to was you had mentioned that when you first started, you did do a lot of hands-on work for free or for essentially no money. And mm -hmm. I 
this will all kind of circle in. There's still so many things I want to talk to you about. I'm like, well, how much time do we have left? One of the first things that you and I had connected over was people, you know, making these like false claims about how easy it is to do this. And one of the things that bothers me so, so, so much is when people are, you don't do any free work, charge your worth, know your worth, blah, 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 all this stuff. And I'm like, or that you don't need experience to start. And I'm like, literally the only thing you could start next week if you take on somebody for free today. It just blows my mind that some people are like, don't touch anybody's account for free. And I'm like, obviously not forever. Like, obviously don't do it for six months. But like, if you need something to put into your portfolio, like quite frankly, the only two things that will make people want to work with you is being able to show work that you've done, whether that is coming from a project that you made up in Canva or a business that you offered to rebrand for free, those types of things. So you're obviously thankful for those times that you spent kind of working unpaid. Like, Mm -hmm. and it's, I love hearing that because it's not very often that people feel like that. So what type of benefit slash value do you feel you learned? Like, was it just learning kind of what services you knew you wanted to offer or what did that benefit? Yeah. I mean, kind of like what I touched on earlier was especially cause like say for you, you were doing this for people and you didn't even know that you were doing like social media management. Literally. Yeah. And like all that time you were gaining all, all this really valuable like mm-hmm. experience of like, not just running a personal account that you post for fun. Like that's awesome. And then for people who have like never done this for an account, let alone for money. Like when clients come to you and are paying you money, their end result is to make them more money, to make them grow awareness. Like they're not just throwing out money to whoever for, for no reason. So unless like when you hear people that are like, you don't need any experience, like charge people, this, this, that people come to you in a very, if you are lucky, literally, if you are like one in a million lucky, someone will come to you that just wants you to do. Actually, I take that back. Sometimes people do want just content creation and like that's it they don't want you to manage their account in that way if you are gifted creatively you can make a business out of that and just make people's content that is an instance where like you should still have portfolio work to show people what you can do but you don't necessarily need that like strict hands-on experience running an account if you want to be a social media manager and someone is paying you to run their account to get them success on social media and you've never done it before you cannot charge that is so immoral and like not right people when you yourself don't know what you're doing. I have so. this rule of thumb that I tell people and I don't, this isn't like set in stone, but to me, you can't charge more for a service than you've invested to learn about. Like that's yeah. my rule of thumb yeah. is like, if you have invested less than a thousand dollars in the service that you are offering, whether that's courses or webinars or just like softwares, tools, like whatever it means to you. Like if you have invested less than that amount into that service or your business, you cannot charge that. And like, again, that's obviously very like loose, but it's how I tell people. Cause people are like, where do I start? And I'm like, well, how much have you invested? Like it, it really yeah, depends yeah. on so, so, so many things. And 
yeah, like you said, that experience and you can't charge expert level pricing without experience. And that's, it bothers me so much when people say you don't need experience because that's all you need. (laughs) Like that's all you need. And then even when you're, exactly. And even when you start getting that experience, like that's why I did free work for so long because I myself was just not comfortable. And if somebody off the bat was like, I'll pay you this, run my account. I would have had a stroke because I didn't know what I was doing. So getting that hands-on experience, like that's something people are so caught up in these, like, oh, I became a social media manager in like two weeks. Like people are so caught up in this like instant success that is happens to, that's a one in a million kind of thing that for sure. And not to sound like a total bitch, but like, I think a lot of people lie. Like, I think there are, I think there are tons of people who are not like, I just had a friend who she considers herself an influencer. I don't really know, like your content creator. I don't know what title Mm -hmm. she likes to go by, but she had said, she was like, you know, I saw this girl and like, she does affiliate marketing. And I was like, you make 50 cents. Like you literally make 50 cents when somebody buys a $50 product from your Amazon. Like I still have it all set up because it's there. Like, why not? But these people who are Mm -hmm. like, oh, I bring in a thousand dollars a day. I'm like, no, you don't like you're maybe someone that has a million followers, but they're also have brand deals. Like you don't know, like all of that is for views. Unfortunately, it's all selfish motives behind marketing that. tactics um, yes yeah so basically you need you need the hands-on experience to know what you're doing to pay people that's bottom line it's gonna take time but you're gonna thank yourself because then you're gonna be able to get people results and then you're gonna be able to start charging more and more and more everyone starts somewhere and just do the free work and don't complain just do it when you go to like design school like when you go to graphic design school your final projects are to build a business from the ground Mm -hmm. up and do the marketing, do the plans, all of that. And it's like, this is what they're teaching you when you get a degree Mm -hmm. in this. So like, why would Mm -hmm. it not be relevant to somebody else? Not that I think you have to do it forever. You don't even, you could make one post, make one post for them and send it over and be like, right. And it's, it's so crazy. Like I had said, that was one of the things that we kind of first started bonding over was that like, we went off 10 minutes each, like literally voice messages. And I was like, do you want to come on my podcast? Because right. But that's, you know, I feel like the biggest stigma is like who decided that 10 K was financial freedom. Like who decided that that was the magic number. And it's not very often that I cross paths with people who have the same, like, this is bullshit mindset that I do. So that's when I was like, I, I need you in my brain. I was like, we need to talk about this more. So I know, obviously I had asked you this kind of before we you know, started recording, if you could say something to somebody who feels like they're struggling because they're not hitting that 10K month, you know, in their first month, like what would you say to somebody? Yeah, I mean, what we just said really hits on it. Another thing is, you know, you'll constantly hear again, like all you need to know is Canva and then you charge 1000 a month, you get 10 clients, and then you outsource some of that work. So then you aren't doing as much. The constant, constant, constant thing I saw on TikTok, on the internet is five jobs that you can start with no experience and it's easy and you have freedom. And for sure in that list of five, social media manager is on there. And it's, it's upsetting because like, I think that this field is attainable for anyone that puts obviously the work into it. And it's so attainable for anyone that's interested in this field. You just have to be willing to work for it. And I don't think a lot of people are. Yeah. You have to be one, one willing to work for it Two, then willing to work 24 hours for the next 
however many months building and then once you are like there are so many meme accounts about social media management and how you have no life because of how much no. work you do now like that being said if you love social media and you love like working for yourself those working 24 hours are going to be fun and exciting for you and you're going to love it especially if you're offering services that genuinely bring you joy if you are looking for a job or something to just bring in money while you sit back on the chair and like drink pina coladas this is not the field to get into if that's what you want exactly like we started recording just for context at 5 p.m and you were like hey i'll be there in two minutes oh i know you're like i'll be there in two minutes i have to post for one of my clients and it yeah like as much as you all the time right and like as much as you want to say that it's like complete schedule freedom and like can I up and go on a vacation tomorrow if I wanted to yeah probably but like there's a lot of things that have to right and it's kind of cool because like you can you know double up on your work this week so like take next week off like that's a thing but it's it's not as simple like I have a client who's like hey can we post at 7 p.m because I feel like that's when you know our audience is most active Mm -hmm. and I'm like yeah I guess I'm gonna be on my phone Monday through Friday at 7 p.m and it's like that's what's best for their audience so like do I do it do I say no because I don't want to be on and it's like this weird line and I feel like so many people are like this is perfect if you don't like you know talking to people and meeting people and like you just want to like sit home and work and I'm like my whole job is talking to people like how are you not talking to people no it's yeah basically like take whatever five second seven second video that says social media management is a walk in the park easy 10k months this and that just keep scrolling. This shit is hard. It's not going to be easy. You're going to be working a lot. You're going to feel like a failure 90% of the time. Like it's not for the weak hearted. Your mental health is going to struggle. Like you're going to be up 24 hours in a row. Like, and I say that people are like, scroll up. People don't want to hear that. And I'm like, that's fine. But then I also get the people who are like, girly, you need to take a self-help day. And I'm like, I'm like, I take five of them a week. Like it doesn't help. So, right. So yeah, it's, it's just such a weird world. And I feel like it just makes, Mm -hmm. it sets people up for failure. And it makes me so sad because people people have come to me and they're like, I spent, you know, a thousand dollars on this person's course. I don't feel like I learned anything. And Mm -hmm. I feel like a failure because I'm accomplishing what they accomplished in this. Because I've been, yeah, I've been setting myself up on Fiverr every day and not seeing any results after two weeks. Like they told me, yeah, I'm like, are you kidding? I'm so sorry. And don't you feel so bad? Like I've let people into the social media survival guide for free. Like if like, because I felt so bad, like they've come to me and they're like, I spent a thousand dollars. Like this was all I had. And like, honestly, they could probably- yeah, they could probably give me like some sap story. And I'm like, here you can yeah. come in for free. Like, yeah. cause I don't, it's, it's just crazy to me. And like, I'll never forget mm-hmm. one of the first experiences that I had with purchasing something that had to do with, how do I want to word this with, you know, education or experience, like pertaining mm-hmm. to this field. Like the first time I invested in something, it added me into this private Facebook group. And I was like, I'm probably not going to be here very much, but like, I'm here. Yeah. I had asked a question like on a post one day and the person responded and was like, Hey, you'll have to DM me. And I was like, okay, no problem. It wasn't anything like detrimental. So I DM them and the conversation essentially turns into her saying, I have to book a one-on-one call with her. And I was like, that's so scammy to me. And I was like, I vow to never be that person. Like it's so crazy. And it's just so sad. And that's, we had kind of talked about it. That's 
why I'm like really trying to move away from creating anything else that could be considered a course because I just feel like yeah. they've gotten such yeah. a bad rap. It, yeah. it makes my heart hurt, but I know. obviously I... do your research on where these things are coming from. Cause I did not, this was did also I? like four years ago. <laughs> so do you have anything else that you want to say about that stuff specifically? No, I think we've, I mean, honestly, you know, I could talk about this. I know. I think we hit like the good point. It's also pitch black. <laughs> I like it's slowly so watched it get dark and I was like, oh, no. that's so funny. No, but I think we, I think we hit on everything. Okay. So before we start to wrap everything up, I want to ask you some more fun, like lighthearted stuff. Obviously we got a lot into business, but it's officially after six o'clock and I think it's time to clock out. So what is something that you like to do outside of social media when you're not working? Where do you spend your free time? What are you doing? What are your hobbies? Tell me more. Yeah. So when I am not doing this, I am shopping online. I am shopping in person, spending most of my money shopping. I honestly, clothes, fashion, and everything like that is a big part of my life. Something I love. If I'm not doing that, I love, I, I'm the type of person that can't be in one place at the same time. I need to go somewhere else or do something. So I'm either driving to my family's house or taking a trip somewhere or I love travel, love fashion, eating, sleeping. When, I, when I'm not doing social media with the two hours left out of my day, I like to do one of those things. I know it's like by the end of my day, I'm like, do I want to do any of these things? Oh, or like, know. do I just want to go to sleep? Like I I'm know. either working or sleeping. I just told my boyfriend, like, cause I am going on a bachelorette trip next week and I'm like really excited for it. But all I can think of is how much I have to do this week. Do you have any coming up anytime soon? Are you going anywhere? Yeah, I was just, me and my friends have recently been like, let's just start booking spontaneous trips. We used to always talk yeah. about it, never do it. So I recently, I just got back from Orlando. We went to like Disney and all that. And then I'm going to Miami in a few weeks. That's fun. That's my most recent trip coming up. But I'm always, I'm the type of person where someone's like, let's go do this. I'm like, booked, let's go do it. I, I love traveling. So, so. Okay. I love that. Yeah. I, right before the pandemic, I had this like travel bug. Like I literally was going mm-hmm. somewhere every single month. And then since the pandemic, yeah. I've really just become so much more of like, I'm actually okay where I am right now. Like I'm okay. Yeah. The <laughs> past six months, I've just been like, let's go wherever. Yeah. I'm still down. Like I'm always down for the spontaneous trip. Yeah. So I know we had kind of already talked about this, but what does a normal day look like for you? Like, what do you do the same thing at the same time every day? Like, what does your daily ish routine look like? So when I am like good and ahead of schedule for all my clients, my week, like I kind of touched on earlier is that each day of the week is devoted to a different client. And when I create and schedule out their content, but as far as each day, I like to have some sort of routine because if I don't, the day slips away from me and then I'm up all night working. So I like to start work around the normal time nine I like to get up earlier than that spend some time like me time and then I start the morning based on my business answering my emails my inquiries my dms all that kind of stuff um doing my daily management tasks for clients checking on their accounts comments whatever so I like to do like the management stuff in the beginning of the day and then once all that is taken care of then I get right into the scheduling and create for whatever client that is for that day. And every day looks different. Some clients will like stuff will just pop up and then I, you know, it takes longer to do or another client will reach out and be like, Hey, this just happened. Can you post this? So every day is a little different, but I like to structure it like that. And it's 
worked great for me. And now that I'm in that routine and I'm consistently one week ahead with each client, every week has looked pretty similar thus far since I've kind of been just taking it easy and it's really nice. I have a lot more time in my day now. So yeah. You know, I feel like nobody talks about like how important it is to be able to self-discipline your own time. Like oh being able to say like, I have to do yeah. this at this time. Like it really is like an underrated skill that I think like a lot of people are like, Oh, you have to have people mm-hmm. skills and you have to have organization skills. And it's like, yeah, but like you also have to be able to like discipline. No, 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 no go um, ahead. Go I was ahead. just going to say like, I have every morning I have my to-do list on my iPad in mm-hmm. plain sight. And I organize my to-dos by most important at the start of the day, like kind of map out my day and I will not get up until that is done. Like, cause a lot of the times it'll be something that'll take me five minutes. And if I don't discipline myself, I'll like, I'll do it later. And then I don't do it. And six hours tracks me. Yeah. So Mm -hmm. yeah, discipline is, you have to learn it. I didn't have it. And it took me a while to realize like, if I don't discipline myself, that's what led to me burning out so many times in the past. Yeah. Yeah. That was one thing I've always been like a super, super type A person. Like I live for lists. I live more mm-hmm. like to-do lists. I live scheduling. So like, that's the one thing that like, I'm so, they, obviously I have had to work on it over time, but like, I've always been yeah, such a freak that. about like mm-hmm. schedules to begin with, but I can, it's so easy for me. So I do like creepily similar 99% of the time, my own business. Like I start mm-hmm. each day with that. And then I usually yeah. dive into client work around like 12 ish. Yeah. And like even having to give myself that stopping point of like, like I could be right in the middle of updating my website. And I'm like, I have to stop what I'm doing right now and start client stuff or yeah. it puts everything behind. Mm-hmm. And it's just, yeah, super underrated skill to have as For a business sure. owner. But I feel sure. like not a lot of people talk about. Okay. So mm-hmm. really quick, mm-hmm. just some this or that questions to close us yeah. out. Pinterest or Instagram to use as a user? Like Instagram. Jared, do you think you would choose Pinterest? In a marketing standpoint for a business? Interesting. I don't know. Maybe Instagram because Pinterest is still like, people are still learning about it. So I'm I'm sticking with Instagram as my answer. All right. Listen, we're all about the flexibility here. You don't have to commit to anything. Just scary. When you're on Instagram as a user, like on your own personal Instagram, do you tend to tap through stories first or do you scroll your feed posts first? stories i honestly barely scroll through my feed anymore. Well, i love stories yeah. like people who are active on their stories i'm like yeah it's just so much more interesting to me and so much more authentic I, I love it a lot more and it doesn't even have to be people like everybody's like oh show up on your story every day like it doesn't have to be you your face talking it's oh, just whatever like, they're doing i'm like what are they up to today i'm like <laughs> i just want to pop through your stories reels or tiktok tiktok right so much more fun reels feels kind of like it's, they tried, but they like missed the mark or something. It's just not the same. It's not as, I don't know, totally TikTok. It's a way more, when I think about them, Reels just like is so like MLM to me. And TikTok is so much more like people just like being fun. Yeah, yeah. Reels is a little like dusty and not like the leftover. Yeah, And it's trends that were trending six weeks ago. Yeah, but I hate exactly. hearing by the time yeah. I that I've already like looped through my head a billion times. I don't need to hear it again. <laughs> When it comes to two different ways I want to ask this. So for yourself, do you, or did you ever do like a ton of lives or are you more of like, mm-hmm. I pre-record things, edit them and then publish them? Oh God. Your face. I did one live video and it was a disaster that I'll never do a live video. I think ever. And if anyone's listening, that was there for that kind of test disaster. Now, honestly, people are probably like, oh, it wasn't that bad, but no, I was so nervous. It was before zero to SM 
SMM came out and I was coming on and like going through like what was inside. And I was just so nervous about like this course. And like, I've never done a live before. And I was at my mom's house watching her dog. The dog starts humping my, like under the table, humping my leg. I'm like freaking out, trying to get the dog to stop barking. The doorbell rang, the phone was ringing. I was shaking. Like it was a mess. It was a mess. My heart rate. I I think it, oh, I think it traumatized me, but I'm open to it. Like I would go on someone else's live to do like kind of what we're doing now, but for my own, yeah, not my thing. I think I'd rather record and then edit and post. Yeah. Mm -hmm. People who do them consistently, I'm like, so Good for you. I you. applaud them. I applaud mm-hmm. them. I'm sure yeah, it gets easier the more you do it, but I'm just right. not up for the challenge. Yeah. Feel like I've learned enough. I've gone uh, through enough. Yeah. And like my whole corporate fitness job was literally public speaking. So it's not even that part that like yeah. stresses me yeah. out. It's more so like you can't go back. Like you can't, no, like if you say it. one <laughs> word wrong, yeah, like that's it. And then like having to publish it and like those weird, like two minutes in the beginning, I'm just going to wait for some people. To- that was the worst part of it. I'm like, do I start? I was shaking. I was shaking. I mean, I hate hearing that, but it's, it's just so funny that we yeah. all have traumatic experiences. Well, as much as I could I keep talking to you for the rest of the night, I could gladly go refill my wine. I know. I can start to wrap it up. So like I said, I'll link all of your stuff in the episode description. Just anything you want to say anywhere that anybody can find you yeah i mean all this everything's pretty easy nicolelarmedia.com handles socials yeah i've been getting really into tiktok lately i'm posting a lot of behind the scenes i'm having a lot of fun over there and i've been doing that a little bit more than my instagram instagram you can find a ton of tips advice and all of my content again tiktok is a lot of what i do in my day and more of like who i am and what i do outside of this too and yeah you need to find my courses on my website i have some blog posts up there and yeah you can always reach me DM. I might take a little bit to answer, but you can always do three business. I love that. And thank you so much for your time. I know, like I said, we went over a little bit, but I'm excited. And I think there's a ton, a ton of value in here. And especially for anybody who is interested in Pinterest specifically and just getting to know you. So I will again, link everything, but yeah, thank you for your time. And I will talk to you soon. Of course. All right. Bye. Bye. Hey, it's me again, your host, Lex. I would love if you came over to Instagram and hung out with us at the social media survival guide. You can also find my personal slash business account at page media coach. Make sure we're staying connected in your favorite places. If you or anybody that you know is interested in being a guest on here, please DM me again. The quickest way to reach me is going to be at page media co, but make sure you follow at the social media survival guide just to stay up to date with everything that's going on on the podcast. Thank you so much for your time and for being here. And I will see you in the next episode. Bye.